0: hear the sound? No
1: audio.
0: (laughs) 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 What? Is there audio? No audio. No audio? No audio. All right, Lee, why wouldn't there be audio? (laughs) Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody! Welcome to episode one eighty-five of the RC Roundtable. And joining us today on the RC Roundtable is <laughs> Terry Dunn. Hi there. And also joining us is Lee Ray. Pleased to be here.
1: Who are you emulating now, Fitz? I have no idea. Lucky <laughs>
0: Just <laughs> listen to this. Some planes considered. <laughs> that was good
1: <laughs> you've used that gag before
0: i mean yeah. he has but it's yeah. been a long time yeah you, you can, can recycle that's those. right yeah, yeah, reduce reuse,
1: use that's recycle we're,
0: that's right we're a very green podcast well speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> i got all kinds of lights turned on here yeah oh, they're leds though so maybe anyways all right, gentlemen greetings and salutations howdy howdy What glorious things do we have in store
1: today? Lee's handle right now is Tylenol. Tylenol. It should be silently. Are you on mute? Or just. I'm not on mute. Okay. Uh, So just say, I
2: will just share with our listeners, I am under the weather. So some of you might appreciate that (laughs) because I'll be quiet. But for those of you wondering, where's Lee? Why isn't he talking? It's because I've got a massive headache, so. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Will not make it worse. I'll try not to. By (laughs) taunting me.
1: Be communicating with hand gestures and grunts.
2: Right. I guess I will say Terry, you know, basically said, come on, man, you can't
1: give up. We believe (laughs) in you.
0: No, you can't, you can't miss an episode. You can do it. Yeah. So hopefully you will appreciate our subdued opening. <laughs> Turn the lights make, down low. Yes.
2: In, in a few minutes, those of you who are watching the video, I'll be leaning back with a hot towel over my head. <laughs> the vaporizer running.
1: Maybe what's wrong is you have a podcast deficiency. Uh, and we're going to fill that void in the next few minutes, and you're going to so feel like a million At the, like the a end of the show, bucks.
2: I will feel all better.
1: You're going to be running up and down stairs like Rocky. All
2: right. Well, when you see me fall <laughs> out of this chair, make sure you call Cindy. You come pick right. me up?
1: you have an AED in your house? Uh, no, Charge! I've,
2: I've got enough LiPos back here. I'm sure we <laughs> can try
1: to figure something out. Yeah, I'll do the trick. Hey,
0: that's uh, interesting. That would be a good competition for us to see how much voltage we could get if we tied all our LiPos in series. Oh, Who would win that competition? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How to Waste Time by Lee, Terry, and
1: Fitz <laughs> no. No. All right, let's uh, move on,
0: shall we? All right What's the first thing we want to talk about?
1: Um, I think we should talk about the air show
0: that you attended the air show, both of us attended, both attended and was was You both attended I was
1: first yeah. You were
0: first, yeah all right. uh, first, uh, so uh, Maybe uh, Lee can go first uh, <laughs> Fitz had other things to do.
2: I had I went on Saturday with my son, Ryan. And for those of you who are familiar with the show, you know I try to go uh, almost every year. I, there are a couple of years I've skipped, but I've been going to Wings Over Houston for a long, long time. And I've got the 35-millimeter prints to prove it. <laughs> 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 Negative somewhere <laughs> back there in a the little box. <laughs> I've got tons of stuff. You got the one-hour
1: processing of the photo mat.
2: I'll, I'm going to throw this out and, and maybe Terry could remember. And I know this is like a weird way to say this, but in the bathroom in my workshop, I have a photo that's hanging. Do you remember that photo?
1: Uh, I'm ashamed that? to say I don't.
2: Okay. So I have a photo that it's, it's hanging in there, but it used to hang in the house, my apartment, and so forth. But it is my first, I guess, edited photo where it was layered, where it's a Thunderbird in the sky. It's a silhouette of a Thunderbird with a seagull photo I took at, at a park that's overlaid on top of it.
1: The B-17 Thunderbird?
2: No, the Thunderbirds.
1: Thunderbirds, they're, they're okay. First Thunderbirds. An
2: S-16. Okay. okay. And I took that at Wings Over Houston, but it's like, I paid a lot of money to have that done. So that thing is 20, 25 plus, maybe 30 years old. But I really like it. It's just, it turned out really nice. So, you know, I've never attempted that to to work and you know, taking an image and then having to throw it was all kind of dark room stuff, but anyway. So, speaking of Thunderbirds, I'll just pull it up right now for those of you who are watching. Uh, these are just a handful of photos I took at Wings Over Houston. This is the diamond formation of the US Air Force Thunderbirds, and in slot four or plane four, the in the back, that we had a female pilot, huh. So it was kind of neat. I took. I. I don't know if it's if you got to see the whole uh, procedure, you know, introduction they do with the pilots walking to the jets and, you know, signing off with the crew and all that jazz. Did you get to watch that? For the thunderbird, didn't
0: birth? see it this year. I've seen it in the past, but I was wow. a little away from the flight line this year.
2: Um, I got to backtrack a little bit. So this year, for a treat, because it was my birthday, uh, I purchased the photo pit pass, and I've been there years before. And it's nice. But this year, boy, I tell you, if, it's, uh, if you didn't know or you didn't see, they moved the photo pit. And it, they must have heard my complaint. <laughs> 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 it was way further down south on the line. And now they moved it back to the center line. And then they oh, they nice. must have quadrupled the size of the photo pit because there were just tons of photographers. So it's a hefty price, 115 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. But you get prime seating. And they're, it's raised. And they offer food and your own bathroom. So if Glacier Girl was there, which it wasn't, and Ryan had to go to the bathroom, he could just go (laughs) walk away. (laughs) Um, But it was really, really nice. So I was very glad that Ryan and I got to share that together. But as far as the Thunderbirds set up, man, I took so many photos of them prepping because it was I guess I just never got a chance to see it that close because we were literally like standing right in front of them. And so that was really neat to see how they prep and get in their aircraft, start them up and all that jazz. So um, really, really nice. So hope that those of you who got to attend got to enjoy the show as well. Uh, but here are just a couple of the photos, like I said. Wow. I've got like 3,000 pictures I took. I I was crazy <laughs> out there. Had a well, great time. Well, I mean, just some of those passes, you just, you know, I try to drag the shutter to get good prop movement. And it's hard to keep it steady. But like I said, this shot here with the, uh, what do they call The Calypso? Yeah, the Calypso maneuver. F16 on top of the other. And if you look closely, you can see that, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed it before, but the number five on the top F16 is inverted. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, they, <laughs> so they do that on purpose. And then, uh, Fitz, you saw Ooh, this because nice. I think you liked it. But this was, uh, that's yeah. a tough one to get because they're moving so fast. But that, yeah, I thought that turned out pretty good.
0: Good shooting text. Yeah. yeah. Were you
1: on burst mode for that? Or was that just oh, a yeah. lucky shot? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 1,500
0: frames a second. <laughs> so
2: for listeners, I'm just showing some photos of the, uh, the Thunderbirds. So just to get a handful. And by the way, these are on my Raviation Facebook page. So huh. if you'd like to see more, and I, I plan to post more pretty soon because I have a whole bunch of mm. like the Torah 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 that I haven't uploaded yet.
0: That's so interesting. A- the gear doors are, I guess the nose gear is much faster than the mains.
2: Well, he's he's closing it. So Uh the main's just a bit back in, and the door is closing. So by the time he got to us, that's when he was pulling the gear up. That's really clean. Oh, the picture.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sharp focus for something that's moving.
1: Did you have to crop that, or is that full frame? Full frame. Nice work, buddy. Thank you. I
2: I like this one though too. So yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna say I'm getting older. And I thought I could, you know, pan left to right a little bit better. But it's getting harder in my, with my old eyes <laughs> and my old arms. So, you know, this was one of several shots I took. But as you can see from the props, this is probably shooting at less than 125th of a second. And so really? you can see the movement in the background. So I'm yeah. really tracking this aircraft, trying to keep that those props blurred.
1: Well, it is this, a B-25, not the Concorde. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: But it turned out really good. And, of course, Ryan appreciated it because uh, it's yeah. one of his favorite, the Devil dog, B-25. Well,
1: that one was at Oshkosh, right? It was. Is that the one that had the all-female crew? Yes. And this
2: was also all-female crew.
1: Really? The P V J The PBJ, yep.
2: yep. So we're going back and forth here. Um, Yellow Rose. I got a great shot of Ryan sitting in the cockpit of this when it was static. I don't know why, but that looks like an RC model to me. Well, it usually don't get them in that kind of a high bank. What do you think that is, guys? No, 70 degrees? Well, oh, that's
0: past 60. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Huh. So that was the best. That was the best pass of any aircraft that day. <laughs> Not right there.
0: Flew it like he stole it, huh?
2: <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and that was for you, Fitz.
0: All right. Fix zero. Fix zero, Hollywood Zero. Yep. Yeah. Hollywood
2: Zero. So anyway, I I don't have a lot to share. I don't want to take up too much time. But as far as Wings Over Houston, I didn't get to see the RC demo, but I heard Alan Martin doing the RC demo chat, you know? Yeah. Because he was the speaker, so he did a really good job. He's always entertaining, and I wish I could have walked over and seen him, but Ryan was kind of desperate to go into the pit uh, area. And um, no, it was really good. It was very windy. I think it was windy for you too, Fitz.
0: It was a bit windy, it wasn't as bad as Saturday, but it was still pretty breezy.
2: Yeah, the good news is there's been a time when we did tour, 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 and the wind was coming into our face, so all the smoke that was (laughs) coming off the ground was just killing us. But (laughs) this was great because it was going uh, from the north, coming from the north, so it just all went away from us, so that was nice. And oh, I forgot to add one little photo here.
0: Uh, did you see the uh, the race car? Oh, yeah, he was racing, uh. Aerobatic plane, like an extra or something mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah,
2: so I got this nice little shot when he was pulling in front of us. That's, That's really cool. The intake yeah, doesn't so, look
0: like it's in the best spot. Excuse me? The jet engine intake looks like it's so, somewhat oh. obscured <laughs> by the cockpit.
2: <laughs> don't, you don't want to have a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no capes. <laughs> uh, but I want to point out, this is how close we were. I mean, there's nobody yeah. in front of me. Yeah, yeah that looks no. good. So uh, I I definitely need to do that again because it's just Quentin. such a great opportunity.
1: Yeah. So everybody get online and see these pictures we're talking about. Lee did a good job. Thank you. Good work, Smithers.
2: Got a couple of good skydiver shots, too, like I'm ejecting out of the air. <laughs> I say ejecting. They, they jumped <laughs> out of the plane. They didn't, like, throw it yeah. out. Um, yeah, really. But I got a couple of them that they're they're, you, they're spread eagle right at the airplane. So
0: I think they didn't do it on Sunday. I think that it was too windy on Sunday in the morning. Huh.
2: Huh. Okay, your turn fitz. You talk about
0: Sure. Well the first thing I want to say is you, you talked about cameras. There was a guy next to me taking pictures with this. Is that um, a Leica? It's a mirrorless. Contact, it says on it. Context 35 millimeter. He said it was made in nineteen thirty seven. Oh, so not a mirrorless. And uh no, not mirrorless. <laughs> and he said he developed his own film. He was taking black and white pictures and he did his own film development with it. He had a modern camera too, a modern DLSR, but he had, he took quite a few pictures with, with this thing. Mm -hmm. And I talked with him for a few minutes. That was, that was really interesting. Uh, For those of you
1: listening, Fitz is holding his phone to his podcasting camera with a picture of another camera.
0: Yeah, there he is. That's like an infinite loop of cameras. (laughs) So he was using it. It had a nice lens. He said there was like 10 people in the world that can work on that lens Hmm. for it. Is he, he one of them? Uh, I don't know. I don't, that's a good question. <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, yes. Uh, I, sorry, I don't have any pictures, but uh, I did help uh, announce for the model airplane demonstration that they do every year. I missed Saturday, but I was there for Sunday, and uh, fortunately, unlike last year, everything went off without a hitch and did really well. No, no problems. We uh, we had quite a bit of time. We had more time uh, on Sunday than they had on Saturday than last year. I think we had like an hour and a half almost. 115 minutes worth of time we were trying to fill. Uh, So we just flew some random different planes uh, a couple times. So we had a few, some large, very large gassers, um, some aerobatic planes, planes, a few few helicopters, no turbines. Did we have an EDF? There was an EDF there, but it didn't fly. So no jets this year. One warbird in the form of a really really nice uh T34 mentor okay uh big it was actually really nice and it it competed in top gun oh, nice so it was extremely well built and well designed uh um uh, so so it was really nice a lot of questions people coming up ask questions about the aircraft we had a bunch on display as well that didn't fly uh as well for people to look at and ask questions, that kind of stuff. So uh, the weather was pretty nice, a little nice and a little windy, but it was still relatively cool. And so got to see some stuff. We got to see the 262 fly, Lee. I understand that did not fly on Saturday. It the full work. scale? Yeah, full scale, the, the replica yeah. that they made. Oh, okay, so it's a complete replica. Yes, yes, the replica. Right. it have got Learjet engines in it, Uh yeah. but I'm sure they made it from, you know, original plans. Yeah. Uh, but it did fly around quite a bit, which was neat.
1: Yeah. You see that. Well, speaking of Top Gun, which you mentioned a minute ago, did you guys hear that it is no more?
0: Yes. They, yep.
1: uh, they canceled.
0: But yeah, I had asked about it a little bit. Or at That's, least
1: through Frank Tiano's. Yeah,
0: business. apparently it's kind of being shopped around a little bit. People are trying yeah. to see if they can pick it up. There was some attempt, apparently, last year at Bomber Field to have something similar, huh. uh, but it had... It, it, didn't really take off. I don't know if they're going to try to do it again or not, but um, <laughs> didn't take off. I see what you did there. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Uh, so it'd be neat if they had, you know, Top Gun moved to Texas or something like that. That would be pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Bomber Field would be a great place. I think they have it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe somebody will try to pick up the reins. All right. Get on it, Fitz. Oh, well, heck no. That's, that's too much like work. What it takes to run something like that. That's not. That's probably something you work on all year. Okay. So how do you make a small fortune in the RC event business? Start with a large fortune. That's
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, again, thanks to, to the guys uh, that uh, invited me back to help announce. Uh, I share duties with Alan. You mentioned Alan before. So, I mean know, <laughs> and you're right, Alan's a riot. <laughs> well,
2: I have to give him credit. If he's listening, Alan, I love that during some of the demos, you... You tied in some interesting tips, uh, tidbits, excuse me, and I'm trying to remember one of them. He was talking about the gas engine on one of the airplanes that was flying, and how he was like, "This is something you might have in your weed eater."
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and yeah. you know, he just yeah. he threw it in there, and I was like, "People are, like, oh, okay." <laughs> so, but that was good. He, he had some nice fill per se.
0: Yeah, he has nice fill. He knew he knows the pilots better than I do, so he knew some little tidbits about yeah he, he imagine like there's at one point there was a, a kid flying i think he was eleven years old and he goes oh yeah so and so i forgot his name uh terrible but, names. but um he's like he likes ballroom dancing and is a taekwondo expert like, you're making that up and He goes, no he is <laughs>
2: no, i Fitz needs to do that though if I ever fly'll pick of something exactly
0: <laughs> he's a twenty time uh, uh Black Belt Master in Jiu Jitsu and uh, what is, oh what is the
2: uh, is it an EGOT, Emmy Grammy Oscar Tony? Yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna I want that. I want to be dugout? able to yeah. say how many an got winner. <laughs> 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 Make up the shows. <laughs> you won the Tony
0: five times in a row.
2: Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Broadway. Winner. So uh, real quick for those listening and uh, those interested, the uh, website to go to is wingsoverhouston.com. I was just reading here. I can't believe this, but uh, I, I'm thinking, gosh, I I know I've been coming there since I was a kid, but 39 years, Fitz.
0: Wow, wow. So, so, so there had to
1: be think, air shows in Houston before that. I I didn't go to them. I just remember my not, dad taking me.
0: Maybe not under another that name or yeah, that uh, venue. Interesting.
2: Huh. That's still so, a long time. Yeah. yeah, I I remember going in high school when uh 2A10s did an air uh, an, a show and it was raining and winding, but they were flying anyway. Yeah. It was like hot dog, man. <laughs> like, they were just like, you know, let's let's do this thing. And then I asked uh, I got to see a Harrier fly there too.
0: Oh, wow. cool. You yeah, ever seeing a Harrier air show some years ago? Loudsucker. sucker. Unfortunately, the A10 didn't make it. There was supposed to be an A10 there and it wasn't there.
2: So, this year? I guess we
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: I could ask this for all three of us. So of, of any of the full-scale air shows you've attended, what has been the most unique aircraft on display or flying? we we'll include Oshkosh. You know, well, the
0: uh, Constellation at Oshkosh yeah, right. ranks way up there. Uh, yeah, could you imagine
2: being at Oshkosh with a Concorde?
0: Right. Oh, oh.
2: That would oh, Concord so and
0: SR seventy one. I think it's flown in there too before. No,
2: yeah, that's right. Yes, so I think I'll pose that real quick while we're doing the show for those of you who are listening and watching. Uh, send us an email contact at rcroundtable.com. Let us know what the most unique aircraft you've seen static at an air show and, and or performing.
0: So, so I can I'd like to three, know three the the Constellation, the two sixty two at. Uh, wings over Houston and years ago, when I was a kid, I saw a U2 at an air show give a demonstration. Oh, nice. And that was the one and only time I've ever seen a U2 fly at an air show.
2: Oh, I've seen it oh. twice at Oshkosh.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you not
2: I,
1: see it this year at Oshkosh? No. Yeah. It came by. Neither did, I. did it? it. Oh, no, it yeah. It didn't stop and stay, right? He just kind of. Oh, did flew I? Over if... and took your picture and
0: buffed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fitz, did you know that there was a buff this year at Wings? Yeah. It did
0: a flyby right on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what does it. "bus" stand for, Lee?
2: I don't want to say it. We're PG thirteen. <laughs> I
0: have, I have to, I have to make an
2: amendment to that. I, I have to say, this. people who are listening. Fitz is like raising his hand. <laughs> I just remember,
0: Mr. Carter. <laughs> yes, the the time I was in England at the uh, old warden mm-hmm. when they were yeah. flying pre World War One stuff around. That probably takes the cake for the most oh. interesting and unique stuff that I saw. Blariats and some weird, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was (laughs) very, very old. They only flew it was very, very calm. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to
1: do something along those same lines when I was visiting Rhinebeck. They had Mm. lots of really old stuff that as they say there, the pilots will only fly them as high as they're willing to jump. (laughs) So so I forget. (laughs) One of them, maybe it's the oldest flying plane in the US. It might have been a Blario, but they also had a cadrone, which was unique pod and boom kind of thing with rotary engines, and that was really cool. But probably the most impressive one I've ever seen was, I think it was an air in Titusville when I was a kid, and they had a B1 do a demo, and it did a low flyby with afterburners, and I can still feel the, <laughs> the, the noise of that pass. That's the most impressive flyby I've ever
0: seen and felt and heard. I thought there was a B-1 that came in when we were at Riddle at one of the air shows. Maybe that's where I saw it then. I seem to recall it taking off. And yes, it sounded like the end of the world.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a year when I was in school there that they had, maybe it was for several years, but they had an air show every year and that was part of her homecoming. Yeah. That's anyway. neat. I didn't, didn't think we'd go
2: into this conversation, but I'm enjoying it because I think we can't make it one. You got to give us like your top three, or top five, if you yeah. if you send an email to us. But I'm going to add with my dad, and this is for Fitz, but the Coors Light BD5. Oh yeah, did, did a flight at, bullet. Wings Over, Silver bullet at, at, at Wings Over Houston, and the best part was him talking to the crowds while he was in it, and I'll never forget this because they talked about it was the fastest landing year in the West, and he would oh, come yeah. by. He goes, hey, <laughs> yeah, they don't. Now you see him. Now you don't, and he do that. and We were just laughing. I mean, he yeah, just it's like a like lever that. or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was so entertaining. I don't remember the pilot, but that was just a lot of fun to see. I think mainly because it came just right after, or he he was flying it right after the James Bond film that you know kind of hyped it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm going to add as you know that's the little from from little tiny airplane to big airplane, the two B29s at Oshkosh mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah, that would be
1: pretty cool. Yeah, that That's brilliant. unique to see two of them in the cool. same place. Yeah, yeah, Fifi yeah. and Doc. Well, speaking of live feed from the pilot, this year at Oshkosh, I think it was just your normal aerobatic type of airplane, maybe a decathlon or something like that. But they, the announcers were talking to the pilot while he was flying the routine, and so there was the live feed from him. And that guy was having such a fun time. You couldn't help but smile and laugh when he went through the maneuvers. He would giggle when he did a hammerhead or a loop or something. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just—it was infectious. So yeah,
2: glad we talked about full-scale stuff. I know we did some RC stuff there, but I haven't been invited to be a pilot yet. So I don't know—I don't know if a thunder and lightning will be a big deal <laughs> at Wings Over Houston. Who knows? Maybe a giant one might. <laughs> maybe maybe when my yellow aircraft P thirty eight is done, maybe that's when I can start bringing P thirty eights back to Wings Over Houston.
1: Speaking of giant thunder and lightnings, whatever happened to yours? Oh, so am I rubbing salt in a wound here? Okay, did you, know so- you were there, weren't you?
2: Fitz, did you not see it? Fitz, I don't remember. Oh, I got into yep. a midair in the midair? guys going the wrong way. It didn't take it down, did it? That thing was giant. You yeah. all need to go back a couple of episodes and listen to the mm-hmm. podcast and hear me cry again.
0: That sounds vaguely familiar. That sounds but, vaguely familiar. I was I think... with
2: other people in the pattern. This guy and his biplane came the other direction. High speed.
1: Cut me right. Okay. Here. Oh. You want yeah, to name names? Here's your chance. <laughs> Come on. It's,
2: it's gone.
0: <laughs> all right. really? It's all gone. Oh, I don't remember that for some reason.
1: It
2: made it made me very sad because Ben Come Warren, on. the gentleman who built that for me, uh, it just... It was such a surprise. It was, yeah. yeah. It just surprised I mean I, I it's been a long time since I've been that surprised. And uh it was just so generous and I it killed me that I lost it because I was really hoping to paint it. Did you say the I only got like to fly it once. I mean if you think about it, oh, it fly, right. that was like my first time to fly it. So after, that happened at best. Yeah, it happened at best.
0: Oh, so, wait a minute. I have your motor from that, don't I?
2: You do. Well, I gave it to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay, yes, yes. I think it's yes. yeah, the shaft bend. Yeah, it's, it's bend. It's not. I yeah. need to unbend it, but yeah. I remember. So,
2: yeah. Thanks for thanks a lot, Terry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: Here comes that headache again.
2: <laughs> it is. It's coming back, man.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, all right. Anything else you want to touch on, Wings of Houston?
0: No, I think that's it. Pretty decent show.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, it's... So. For those of you in the Texas area, it's... So worth coming down. So, you know, Fitz has got a place you can stay. Hey, she yeah. fits. He'll, he'll house you. Do you, <laughs> Do you have an
0: Airbnb it, or something? Yeah, more like somebody. the YMCA. <laughs> uh,
2: but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And we'll, and we'll always be there. So come hang out with us. Maybe All we will right. get a booth, Fitz. an little RC round table 10 by 10.
0: Mm.
2: Sign oh. autograph.
0: One last thing, uh, I, I don't know if I kind of told you guys, there was a, there's a, um, a Rutan appreciation group, I guess you could call it. Oh, them.
2: yeah, I did see that.
0: And they have, they had a bunch of, um, um, very easy, oh, yes. long easy, uh, cozies, that thing. But this year there was a quickie. Oh, nice. A two-seater quickie there. And it was a couple of guys that flew in from California with their quickie.
2: You know what's so yeah. funny? Ryan goes, Hey, someone at best had flew one of those. I said, and <laughs> well, you know him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you mentioned that because I walked up to one of the guys and I said, Hey, I've got an RC model of this. I pulled up my phone, give him a picture and he was just tickled pink that I, that I had made an RC model of one. And, um, uh, he, he told me about there. We were talking about the flight quite flight comparing flight qualities and, and the oh. handling characteristics and stuff. And, uh, that, that theirs had actually a pretty interesting story behind it. So it was really neat to talk to them. And uh, I told him I showed him a video. and said, oh, man. So he he actually ended up later pinging me on Instagram. So he started following me and stuff. So nice, really nice guys.
2: I did see huh? those. I took some photos.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, you know, a little two-seater quickie. So it was him and his buddy, Quickie 2, I think he called it. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty neat to see that. Were
1: there plans for the two-seat version? Or is that their own
0: brew? No, I think there were plans. I think it was like the second iteration. So they made it a two seater. They tweaked the airfoil on the, the front wing. They bought theirs half built or partially built. Uh, it had been started in the eighties. And so they had to go through it and restore it. And they put a more powerful engine in it and, uh, and so forth. And, and it's really, they actually only got it flying relatively recently.
1: Huh. Now, am I picturing the right airplane? This is a canard where the front wing has anhedral and it's also the landing gear strut. Like- Wheels, Correct. The the wing tips. Yeah, okay. the wheels are the wingtips.
0: Yeah. Wheels are the wingtips. It's almost more of a tandem wing than a canard, but, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And it, uh, it's a pretty speedy plane. I think they had a, they said a 0200. So it's pushing hundred something horsepower. I think if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I think the original one, the original one seater had like a 30 horsepower engine in it. 33. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was really, really weak. Uh, but it's such an efficient design that it, it worked. So they hmm. definitely uppowered it. Plus, there's two people in it now, but still, it yeah. still. They told me some numbers. I forgot what they were, but they were, you know, it'll blow away a 172. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Sorry about that. All right. I guess we can go into the next thing.
1: Yeah. All right. So, what's the next thing?
0: Uh, I got the. I got a new toy. Oh right.
1: So yeah, tell us about it. The- we mentioned it on the last show.
0: My name is a hint. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I've got a uh, solid-state laser cutter engraver thing. that I've been- Yes, behold, the power is fully armed and operational battle station, laser station. So uh, the neat thing is uh, when I last talked to you, I just got it, and it was still in the box. But I've now had a chance to open it up, put it together, and start using it. Start, And, uh, in fact, I've been running some tests on it, as a matter of fact, to see what it can do, what it can't do. And uh, I have to say, so far, I've actually been pretty impressed with it. Now, this is a laser made by Algo Laser, and it is a 20-watt solid-state laser, which is most usually, in the past, solid-state lasers have been 5 watts, maybe at the most, maybe somewhere 10, and now they've done some pocus pocus magic, and they made it one that's 20 watts. Uh, and so say, like, well, 20 watts, now you're starting to to have a power level that you can do something with versus the lower power ones are just for engraving huh. basically, and so in fact, I had some stuff here uh and it goes it went together really quick Oops, excuse me, and I did some tests with'm uh, holding up a piece of wood this is a piece of balsa wood, and I did a you can see how sorry this is not the focus quite right but you can see how the, I accidentally cut through this sixteenth uh, inch balsa with it, and there's the lower one's engraved. this is just an engravement just uh-huh. some tests. I did another test with some stuff I'd drawn up some time ago for a plane, so these are pretty much cut all the way through I just they're designed not to pop out for the most part, uh-huh. and so this is also sixteenth inch balsa, so it absolutely had no problem going through sixteenth inch balsa. So I said, well, okay, how, how, how thick can I go? And here I have, uh, this, this is at least eighth inch plywood. Oh, nice. And it went right through without an issue. Uh, I was experimenting. The first hole here is just a lower setting. It didn't go through. And then I tweaked something and it went right through. No problem. So it'll cut at least, uh, eighth inch. Um, I didn't bring it up. Uh, this is eighth inch ply, that is. Let me complete my sentences before I go on to the next one, uh, which is nice because that's, you know, that's really useful. Of course, no problem going through eighth-inch balsa. That was nothing. Wow. It also, I got some MDF, quarter-inch MDF, and it went wow. through the quarter-inch MDF. Really? Yes. Wow. It it took like, two passes to do it, but it went okay. right through it. This did in one path. One, uh, one pass, it did the quarter-inch uh, plywood. No, quarter-inch. Eighth-inch plywood. Uh, so, and I've been playing with some other materials and stuff. I'll, I'll talk about that when I do the, I'm doing a review video on it. So I'll go through some of the other stuff I've been cutting up. Uh, there was a few things that did, it did not cut. Um, but, uh, the interesting, the reasons why were kind of interesting. So, uh, but so far I've actually been quite happy with it. I think it'll be perfectly usable in the workshop.
2: So I pulled up on our screen here, a, Link to algo laser
0: is that this the one that you have like it um, it looks very much like it uh, It's yeah. called the
2: alpha 22 watt
0: yeah it's interesting they, they initially called it a 20 watt laser but if when you look on the actual can you zoom in or something or see if it has okay. a screen
2: Let's see if my screen is enough it doesn't let me like do anything else oh. <laughs> sorry
0: so yeah they called it a 20 watt but on the actual um, uh, laser module it does say 22 watts.
1: Okay. And the so, precision
0: is pretty good. Precision is quite good. I did have a minor thing I had to tweak, uh, for, for interesting reasons. But yeah, precision seems to be quite good. The, the curve, I guess you call it the laser width is, mm-hmm. is pretty small. I mean, this is, I think this is at a like, calf scale and it, it did it really well. Yeah. Um, so uh, it doesn't, it's interesting in that it has, that one looks slightly different. It's missing the screen. I'll say turn it around. No, it isn't. So mine has a little LCD touch screen on it, and I don't see it on that version.
2: Hmm. Let me go back to the, this it says engravers. What? Uh, to the next, the one in the middle. Delta?
0: Yeah, that looks like it. Yeah, it looks a lot like it. See, there's a little LCD touchscreen, yeah, right there. Yeah, I see that. Um, yep, there it is. So, there's some software built into it. If you load in a a graphics file like a GIF or JPG, you can just plug in a USB drive and immediately start uh, engraving stuff with it. Huh. As, as a raster file. Or if you want to cut stuff, you need a vector file and um there is there's two pieces of software that recommended. One was called Laser durable, but that seem mainly for engraving stuff where you don't cut all the way through. Uh, the other piece of software is called um, um, Lightburn, which you do have to buy, but you can get a, a 30-day trial for free. And it works so well that I'm just going to buy it for whatever, 30 bucks, whatever. It's not that expensive. yeah. And it works really good. I was able to import uh, CAD files DXF AutoCAD and stuff like that, and scale, and, or even draw r- raw images on it. It was just, and it hooked right up to the printer, worked great. You should change the settings. There's all kinds of things you can do. Um, I will have to tweak some things. Um, I don't want to get too technical, but uh, some acceleration I want to tweak. Uh, but the thing goes together super fast, and <laughs> really impressed with it. And so I think it'll be a good addition to my workshop. So, what about smoke? Uh, There's a little bit of smoke that comes out when you burn stuff. It comes with a little pump thing, like a diaphragm pump to help blow the smoke away from the laser section. But yeah, after I've cut a few things, I walked out of the workshop and I walked back in and was like, oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can smell it. It wasn't too bad sitting next to it. You can see it. But uh, yeah, you you definitely want to have good ventilation when you're doing it. you want to start buying that hemp
2: plywood. (laughs) (laughs) You suddenly feel extra extra hungry after you've cut a few things. Play a little some Jamaican music in the background. Yeah, man. (laughs) man. I'm making plywood
0: control (laughs) horns, man. I'm cutting the plywood, man. (laughs) Don't bother me, man. (laughs) Um, Who knew? knew, This this plate is all hemp. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a few things. I was actually thinking about Cutting out and building another QT, but make an electric one instead of a glow. There you go. Since it flies so well. Mm-hmm. But I was poking through some plans and said, yeah, what can I cut out? What can I make with this thing? And believe it or not, Thingiverse has some stuff too. You can build various objects, not necessarily models, but, um, things to hold glues or, or coasters and just things that, uh, you can use on the laser cutter, which is neat. Cause Thingiverse is mainly for 3D print files, but there's just a good subsection of, Stuff for laser cutters. Oh,
1: so could you cut cork?
0: Like you mentioned making
1: coasters, so I wonder if you can just buy sheet know. cork. And uh, that's a good like question. I thought of yeah.
0: Worth a try. Yeah. yeah I bet fun. that'll stink. Yeah. and there's certain things you got to be careful that you don't want to cut. Um, Yourself. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, myself. Uh, it does come with uh, glasses, laser. um Glasses, shields, what do you want to call it, um, which is nice. So you don't, Even though the unit itself does have some protection, you still can get reflections and stuff, so you always wear these glasses. Uh, goggles, safety goggles. They're kind of neat. <clears throat> you don't want to cut PVC. Okay. Uh, chloride, anything, because it, it it creates chloride gas hmm. when you cut, and it can harm the laser emitter, too.
2: Ah. Look at that. Our show's informative.
1: <laughs> Please don't try this at home.
0: Don't try this at home. So be very, treat it with very much respect. So, she you're talking 20 watts, you want to treat that very much with respect. All
1: right. Have you tried cutting any type of foam yet?
0: Oh, I did. I tried cutting some of the flight test foam, and that didn't work out too well. Um, it, it will cuts. cut it, um, but it it heats it up a lot. And it sort of pulls away. Um, it's, it cuts it, but the parts are not really all that usable, To pe- the way it melts the foam. And mm-hmm. I, I actually spent some time at different settings, and I really couldn't. It either cut too much or not enough. And then I went and looked it up, and it's a wavelength issue. They're saying that with solid-state lasers, because there's the wavelength they work in, it just doesn't work well with that foam. You really need to use a CO2 laser, which is works at a different wavelength. Hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, they're more powerful, but they're actually, it was, um, it was just an issue that, that especially with, I guess, with the white foam. Some people had some success with black foam. If it's the black colored stuff it seemed mm-hmm. to work better with the solid state lasers and the white stuff. Interesting. And I had yeah. the same issue when I tried cutting clear acrylic i think too as well
1: ah oh, okay yeah i've read some snippets from people about cutting foam board and i guess the paper being on either side creates some issues cuz it's yeah. different qualities to cut through paper than the foam and but I, from what i understand people including flight test have figured out the secret sauce to do it
0: yeah i think it's probably involves low power I did poke around and people are saying, you know, do a w- one cut at one power setting then do another cut at a different power setting. And so I, I might pick around a little more, but, uh, it, it definitely is, is not a clean cut thing. It, it takes yeah. some, uh, uh, yeah, there's some secret sauce involved. There may be three different power settings depending on yeah. the, um, uh, cause you got the coating on both sides, right? So yeah. you may need to do a relatively high power setting very fast just to cut the cut or score the top layer. Lower power setting uh, to do the foam, and then another power setting to do the other side of the. So, yeah, it's probably something like that. So, it may be able to do it. I just haven't found the secret sauce with this particular laser yet. All right. And I was running out. I need to get some flight test sheet. I was using scraps, so I didn't have a whole lot of material to play with. So, yeah. Uh, so, we'll see.
1: All right, cool. So, what's next for it? I mean, did you get that? With the intent of reviewing it, or for a project that's coming up, or
0: uh, mainly for intent of reviewing it. But okay. it was always something I wanted. I've always wanted to laser my own laser cutter to do stuff like that because uh, I have several plans I've drawn up and I've scratch built stuff, and I like the utility of having one. So uh, it's definitely something that I'll be used in my workshop on occasion. Cool. I will remember
1: that you have it, and I will exploit. Our friendship.
0: <laughs> uh, sure. I was really happy that it did MDF because I had some stuff that I wanted to make some, um, um, not shells, but some, uh, uh what do you want to call it? Um, don't tell anybody, but I, I bought some stuff for my hobby. There's a guy that makes, um, uh, Stuff for mainly for plastic modelers or desktop modelers where you have drawers and, and, and cubbies and things to put stuff in in different shapes okay. and sizes. Organizer type Organizers, Organizer, thank you. Yeah. I don't know why that word didn't come to my head. Different types of organizers. And I ordered a couple. And I looked at them, I was like, you know, this is something really simple. I bet I, with a router or something, I could make something like this. And now with the laser cutter, I can basically clone it with MDF <laughs> and make my or just have my own designs of organizers and stuff right. like
1: that. So So
0: what's the original made of? Uh it's also MDF. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So it was uh so yeah I definitely have there was a project um I thought it'd be nice I could laser cut my own motor mount box for a, like a glow to electric conversion or something like that. Uh-huh. Some things I wanted to tweak with so it's just one of those things that's you know, don't realize how useful it is to have one and yeah. to be able to uh, cause I've used it. Our maker space. I belong to, I've used theirs in the past to do stuff, everything from making new firewalls to, to complete kits. Huh. But you know, it's, I got to go all the way down to the place and make sure nobody else is using it and, um, you know, go in and out. So nice to have one at home, even though it's a little small, it's only roughly 20 by 20 inches. So anything I do, it's good enough. Good for ribs and stuff like that. And I mean. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, so right now I'm looking at, well, what else can I? I went over to Utterzone and start poking around there to see what other stuff I could find. Yeah. It's a good starter laser. It's a very good starter laser. Yeah. A gateway laser, if you will. <laughs> <saying. laughs> yes, gateway drug, gateway laser. Yeah. All right, remember, Mike, boys, you got some new stuff yourself.
1: I do. And before I get started on that, should we take a break? Remember when we used to take breaks in our show and Fitz would pick some weird music to put in there? Yeah, yeah. You need to yeah. Take a break. Okay. No, no. Just, I just always wanted to say that. I don't think I ever got to say. All right, that will be. We'll be back after this.
2: Are we going to have to cr- start creating actual commercials now?
1: Uh some more <laughs> Each fake. Of ones? us are going to make our own. Yeah, make yeah, our yeah more yeah. Video commercials. <laughs> oh right.
0: We Never did that, did we?
1: Yeah, we
2: can Go you do balsa
0: right. barn? Yeah,
1: Bob Bob Balsa that. Barn. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, balsa on video one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, all right, so we'll pretend that our our interlude is over, and we'll come back. Last time we had a podcast, I teased you guys with the announcement that I had a new toy on the way. That toy has arrived. You guys guessed what it might be. You were dead wrong. Some other people messaged me and guessed what it might be. They were close, but nobody got it exactly right.
2: Well, can we can we add some more questions or guesses now?
1: We can play. We won't play Since 20 questions. We'll play seven questions. No, I'm not going to count. So Each? J- just ask your questions.
2: Fitz, you want to go first?
0: I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Uh, does it fit on a tabletop? Because I asked yes. him the submarine. He said no. Okay. Uh, so you already know, Fitz? <laughs> no, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> yes, it does, fit. Is it RC-related? Yes. I like that. Well, for me, in my workshop, it is in my collection. It is someone else might use it for something different.
0: Hmm. Does it have a microprocessor built into it? It does. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, did he get a new
2: gaming? Did you get a new gaming computer?
1: No, I because should have been though.
2: using a very old laptop for a while. So, did you finally upgrade and get yourself a new gaming computer?
1: So, when I process these two hour long podcast videos, you you can smell that thing yeah, getting hot.
2: Yeah, your little uh, compact 386. <laughs> <You're> right? Running <laughs> DOS. <laughs> so, okay. So, he says it's computer. And
0: go ahead, Fitz. No, him. it has a computer, it has a processor. Go ahead, Fitz. And can it be made into some sort of lathe? Rudimentary (sighs) lathe. Rudimentary (laughs) lathe. You know that reference, huh? Technically, (laughs) anything
1: could. Like they say, anything can be a smoke machine once. Um, But no, that is not one of its uh, design uh, features. That's Galaxy Quest. (laughs) That's
2: great. That was great. That was such a great line. Okay, can you make something good to turn into a rudimentary lane? <laughs> like she was like, <laughs> All right. Uh, Focus, okay, boys. I'll, I will surrender. I will surrender. Uh,
1: Terry, just yeah, give just us what it. you
2: got. Do I need to you the solo screen? Are you going to show it right now?
1: No, actually, I don't have it here. I can give you a link to the website that I got it from. And I know. It's it's too big to haul in here and hold in front of the camera. Uh, if it's on um, the table. Here, before I announce it, I'm going to send you the link, Lee. And that way you can have it handy.
2: Oh, I have to do other work. All right.
1: Well, you are the producer. How do I send this to you? Private chat. All right. Sorry, folks. We're working on this. (laughs) There you go, Lee. All right. So it's in line with uh, Fitz's new toy because it's a building device. It is a CNC-controlled building device. And mine is a CNC foam cutter. Hot wire type foam cutter, not a router. Oh, this is where you gasp. <sighs> Ooh,
2: ah. So that thing I hauled all the way up to see you is basically just a shelf now.
1: Nope, nope. no, no. Totally well, cool. it kind of is. I haven't used it yet, if that's what you mean. So what you're talking about is the flat printer, um, which is a two-axis CNC router. This is a three-axis. CNC hotwire.
2: I understand, yeah. but what I'm saying is that that other device is now going to be uh, put no. off away because you're going to be focusing all your attention on this bad boy now. Uh, maybe for a little while,
1: but I've, my intent is to get both of them running eventually because they have different uses. the The flat printer is good for cutting two-dimensional designs out of sheet foam. This is good for cutting three-dimensional designs out of thicker foam. Now you guys might remember this because the company that makes it uh, was displaying it at the AMA Expo that we all attended in New Jersey.
0: Uh, I vaguely remember that. When yeah. was that?
1: 2019? Yeah. So the name of it is a spec CNC and we were introduced to it there at the Expo. Really cool stuff. And what's interesting about it is that like a lot of CNC machines, it uses stepper motors, but rather than jack screws to move the the device head it has cables strung between the strung between two of the stepper motors and the hot wire suspended from that so it somehow translates the g code into how it moves each of those motors to drag that hot wire through the path and so i guess what happens with stepper motors sometimes is that you get lag or a little bit of slop when it has to change directions this method eliminates that.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So the the case, I guess, or the frame of this thing is made out of wood. And they on the website, it talks about why that's a good thing, mostly because it's an insulator of electricity. <laughs> but, but it's very nicely made. This is high-quality workmanship on the wood parts. But what I like about it is that you asked if it has a processor. It has a built-in processor and a card for a micro, or a slot for a micro SD card. And on the card that it comes with, it has lots of built-in profiles for different airfoils or different shapes. And all you have to do is take one of those pre-programmed shapes, tell it the size you want it to print and then hit the go button. You don't have to draw your own CAD files or plot G-code or whatever else. You just uh, say, I want a Clark Y with this cord at the root, this cord at the tip. I want three degrees of washout. I want this much sweep. And then... Bada-bing, it goes. Oh, nice. And you can see in the picture we're looking at now, it will also cut um, spar slots. You can tell it how large, if you have a tubular spar, you can tell it how large you want, and it'll automatically put that at the mean aerodynamic cord, I think. Um, so lots of features that I haven't really explored yet. I got this thing fired up two days ago and I ran some samples, which that I didn't move those up here either. Um, but just kind of working myself through the menus, seeing the different sorts of shapes that it can do, and just testing out how the menu options impact the outcome of the, the wing and things like that. But so far, I'm... Really impressed with what it can do. Oh, nice.
0: So you've been able to successfully cut out some pieces and stuff?
1: Yep. Um, yeah, like uh, several different airfoils and different spans and with some tapers and mm. some washout, things like that. So how much um, – what's the max span you can do? That's um, the thing. Not the thing. It's a thing. The stock cutter like this, each panel, the maximum span is 24 inches. So if I wanted to make something larger than 24, i make multiple panels. Right. So conceivably right now, a 48-inch wing would be no problem. You make a right, you make a left, bada-bing, you glue them together. If you want to go larger than that, you just make multiple panels, and you can connect how, those. How
0: much control do you have? Like you said, you can put a spar. Can you do, say, a shallow spar? Like if you want to do a, a square stock that's kind of flush with the top or bottom or something like that? Or
1: I'm sure you can because one of the features is cutting a channel. Yeah, but, channel. Yeah. But it's not necessarily part of an airfoil profile. Hmm. So I think what you would have to do is cut your airfoil and then set up your airfoil stock on the table and then cut the channel.
0: Okay. To whatever so whatever side. So
1: Yeah, so I think it would take two functions to do that, and you would have to key the location of the airfoil. Hmm. So that's the sort of stuff I'm experimenting with and kind of figuring out what's practical. Um, That's kind of neat.
0: Maybe we can trade services. I can do some laser cutting for you. You can do some foam cutting for me.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Lee, what are you going to
0: do for us, buddy? Quid pro quo. Spray (laughs) paint.
1: Oh, the look Lee's giving me right now. Moral support? (laughs) Um, so, yeah, really- <laughs> you just took them off <laughs> You took them off the yeah.
0: screen <laughs> You gonna cry now? You gonna cry? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but speaking of the maximum size I think Don't quote me on this but the, the maximum span is 24 I think the maximum cord is about 12 and the maximum height is somewhere around 4 inches All of those dimensions are expandable So if I want to make thicker pieces or larger cords, I can adjust the frame to those larger dimensions. And if I'm, if I want to go larger span, I think you can go up to 48 inch maximum on the span. I would have to build a new bow at that point. Yeah. But, um, so what, what the owner recommended I do is start out with the stock one. And if I find out I'm consistently making panels or I need panels larger than 24, then you can, expand it to the larger size. And other than physically changing the, the frame of the thing, then there's some updates to the config file and that sort of setup. But
0: um, So if you want to make your own airfoil programs, what program would you use to do that?
1: I haven't gone that deep into it yet. There's several different profiles that are in there um, of different airfoils, and they explained what they're good for. I think, again, don't quote me on this, but I think if you wanted to plot your own airfoil, You could figure out the G-code for that, or maybe there's some forum out there that has G-code for different airfoils, and you could create a profile for that that the machine processor would then translate into the movements of the cables.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. And whether it's airfoils or maybe the side profile of a fuselage or something, I think if you can create G-code for the shape you want within the size parameters, I think it will do it.
0: What would be neat is if you could make clone ace foam wings.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty simple, I think.
0: Yeah, the straight and taper.
1: Taper. That, that would fit in the current size restrictions I of think it. so, yeah. And I forget what airfoil that is. It's a semi symmetrical.
0: Yeah, it's semi symmetrical, but I think they have their own. Well, apparently, they made a flat bottom one too at some point. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the planes I was, when I was looking for stuff for my laser cutter, I came across. A, it was a tandem wing design from the eighties that used ace foam wings. I was like, Oh, hmm. this is neat. Now I have some, I have some foam wing, ace foam wings in my stash. Uh, but it'd be nice to not burn through them.
1: Uh, yeah. they on a nice
0: velvet pillow. Be, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's so yeah, soft. I anymore. It's like, yeah, I covered them. It's like only for really special projects. I'll use these, but yeah, man, one of, one of the great things I made one was the, um, uh, Aero commander. Oh, right. Uh,
1: so just, yeah, let me know what you need, and we'll start experimenting. Then we'll figure this out. But well, I'm yeah. I'm excited to cut stuff like that, and I've got a backlog of projects I've been wanting to work on. Um, yeah, I've kind of been I've been saving my pennies forever to get this thing. And like I said, we first saw it in 2019, and the whole time I lived in Buffalo, I held off on any big purchases. But you have something to say? Go ahead. I go think
2: ahead. So he's like yeah. just throwing his arms what? at you. Wait. No, no, come no. Come can on. you finish your thought?
1: Okay. Um, but I held off on a lot of purchases like this because I knew I was going to be moving and I didn't mm-hmm. want to get something like this set up and then have to tear it down and move it. So now that I'm living in Wisconsin where I'm going to die, um, so <laughs> it, it was time to pull the trigger. I was really thankful he still makes these things. Um, yeah. he, it's a very small production run. I think it's a one man operation. He makes them mostly for schools and other educational places that use this as a learning tool. Um, but, yeah, the website's still up. They still make them. It's Um So I w- sent an email. He responded. say said, yep, I'm still making them. I've got one in stock. And so that's now in my greasy little hands.
0: Ah, so one of the reasons I asked about generating your own plots, because you can also do fuselages, especially stuff with compound curves and stuff, or in sections. Compound curves? Well, I don't know about compound curves, but you could do... Fuselage is in sections.
1: You could do yeah, segments, uh, kind of like ridden. Sparky does with his, yeah. that you do profiles, cross sections, cross and edges. then you yeah. sand them to blend them together.
0: Cause you can, you can find plans that have cross sections or, yep. and so you could conceivably make a neat, at least have a really good start on a fuselage, even if its a shape is semi-complex or rounded or something like that using this. Yep. As long as you can import your profiles. I thought that would be pretty neat.
1: And you know, I've been trying to tumble ideas through my head of kind of like what you talked about before of adding a sparse slot. Um, how could I do something that is not just two dimensional, but has different shapes on three sides. So do you, yeah. say like uh, floats for a seaplane. Could you cut the side profile one way and then somehow turn it on the table to cut you know, yeah. angled sides or something? I don't know how practical any of that stuff is yet, but that's the, Stuff I intend to experiment Mm. with. So, you know, I've been wanting some sort of CNC or some sort of hot wire cutter for a long time, Agatili. But I didn't want to build one. There's lots of articles out there about people who build their own. They buy stepper motors and processors and all this stuff. and They build one and they work great. But invariably, it seems like they spend weeks and months and years making that stuff work. And I just didn't want to do that. I, I wanted a turnkey kind of system. And that's the beauty of this. Given the size limitations, I feel like having a, an out-of-the-box functional system was worthwhile for me.
0: Yeah, some years ago, I knew somebody had one of those, and um, I needed it. Came in handy because I needed to make eight wings all the same, mm. and to do that by hand or or scratch would have just been real, real labor intensive. But with the foam cutter, you just just you know put the piece in, click. Cut, put the next piece in. Click, click, cut. You know, it was real, real nice and all consistent yeah. as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, you don't have to put. You don't have to make templates and sand them and work yeah. through. All, yeah. It's it's automated. So, I I like to think that it's a magic bullet that's going to do what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm sure there's things I don't realize yet, but uh, I'll figure it out and I'll. Knocking on wood here. I'll make it uh, work for me. Lee, what you got, buddy?
2: I have a question. Lay it on me. I don't. I don't know what they call this, but looking at this photo we have here, you have a huge chunk of pink foam. You've got bricks on top to keep it on the board. And then I can see where the wire is touching the hot wire device. that I'm assuming goes through the other side. Yep. So my question is this, once you've cut the foam, what keeps it from collapsing in on itself? Like you have these bricks that are pushing down, but Mm -hmm. once you make this turn, doesn't that foam... Like the foam at the nose, the leading edge did not want to come down and be flush, so it, you're you're making it roll in a way. I well, don't know what that's called, but what do you what do you do to keep it from the foam from collapsing on itself and going jagged?
1: Not, well, that's why it cuts the top first. So as it collapses, it's not impacting any future cuts. Now, if it cut the bottom first and then it fell down, then yeah, it would throw off the position of the cuts above it. I'd, but since since those cuts start at the top, it kind of collapses at the top. And so the underneath is still unaffected.
2: I understand, but it still seems, I mean, this is probably for another time. It still seems to me that while you're cutting the stuff behind it wants to fall down because look, you've got weights on top. Mm -hmm. So after you've, you, after you have your kerf, after you have the area that's been removed, it's going to shift. So it just seems like, like when you get to the very end, it feels like it's going to have one little last, Jump, so to speak, but you don't have that, you haven't experienced that.
1: So, I see what you're saying, Lee. Um, I don't think that what you're talking about of the foam collapsing behind the cuts is gonna matter. Um, I guess I'll find out for sure as I cut more parts and see. Now, as you say that, it reminds me that when I whatever little hot wire cutting I've done in the past manually, where you make templates. You would make a pass on the top side and exit. You would make a pass on the bottom side and exit. So you didn't have to worry about what you're talking about. This does the whole airfoil in one cut. Comes from the trailing edge down and around the leading edge and then back out at the trailing edge again. Um I'll let you know if you're right. But I just don't well, suspect it's an issue.
2: I I expect there's a collapse because you're not floating this. You know, it's not just it's not free floating the foam. I'm looking. The bricks are what throwing me off. The bricks are pushing the foam down. You are cutting two lines in this foam. It's going to want to come down. I mean, that's just a matter of fact because you're removing material. So I wonder if the design of this printer compensates for any shift movement, yada, yada, like near the trailing edge or something when you kind of like pop the last piece out. You know, that's, right. that's what I'm thinking. So, yes, you will probably have more experience in being able to explain it differently once you've cut a full piece.
1: Maybe. So, Unless I think we might be to imagining to a problem out. that that doesn't exist.
0: Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I understand your concern, but I don't think it manifests. Okay. As, as,
2: as an issue. <laughs> in this case, it says, sand out. Uh, (laughs) Abnopolies.
1: (laughs) All right. So any more questions about my CNC hotwire?
0: No, just let us know how it goes. I will
1: say, kind of like what you were talking about, Fitz, I did my first testing the other day in the basement, which, as you guys know, doesn't have any windows in my workshop, and I had to air that sucker out. After a few (laughs) minutes, so I'll I'll be doing feature cuts in the garage. I don't think I want to keep it in the garage just because, I don't know, it it gets cold out there. I don't want it to be subject to any of those weather changes, but it's, you know, you get an idea of the size of the thing. It's lightweight. It's easy to move. The only plug-in you have is a power adapter that plugs into an AC outlet. Everything else is self-contained, so it, (laughs) it shouldn't be hard to move. But that's not my only new toy. I picked up another one over the weekend. Very good, Lee. You were ready for that, weren't you? But wait, there's more. All right, so... Let me reach down. Oh,
0: well, this one you brought. Yeah, this one I brought.
1: You guys know what it's this
0: is? It's an RC car. Sort of. It's an RC truck. So that's this, old Turbo. Is it an older one? I don't recognize it.
1: It is. So... For those who are familiar with RC cars, this suspension will give it away here.
0: they're so familiar. Yep.
1: Yeah, I found this on, of course, Facebook Marketplace. Very oh, local okay. the other day. Somebody in town. And this is a JRXT, a Team Blowsuit okay. JRXT. i was going to
0: say like a JRX2, but it's a truck version. JRX2. You right.
1: sold when the servos yeah. are beige. Well, I'll tell you about that in a second. So, you know, the first RC car I ever had was a Kyosho Ultima, but I didn't race that one. When I got into racing in high school, um, I bought what was then a new car called the JRX2, which you just referenced, Fitz. And it was revolutionary because it had this five-link rear suspension and some other stuff. Um, the RC10 was the most popular car then. Lots of people had them. Everybody had upgrades to them. So the JRX2 is unique in a lot of ways, but the reason I got it is because that was one that was pretty much race-ready out of the box. It had ball bearings. It had good shocks and all the stuff you need. And it didn't come with stuff you didn't need. So you had to add your own electronics, just speed control and all that. So anyway, so that car's nostalgic for me. I got rid of it a long time ago. I ended up trading my original one for some of the race car. So I've been looking for one just casually for a while. And I ran across this the other day and I had to go get it. Now, I got a pretty good deal on it. This one, now, the JRXT is very similar to the two. It had a slightly longer chassis. All the suspension components are the same, except for the front shocks, they're so a little bit longer, but the transmission, basically, it'd be really easy to convert this into a JRX2 with a few different parts. But they're hard to find. They I don't know why, yeah. but, yeah, and when you find yeah. them, they tend to be very expensive. So this one, again, I was very happy. It's in good shape. Almost all the parts are there. Um, there's only one broken part, which is the bottom of the shock mount that attaches to the five-link rear end. And speaking of Thingiverse, I did find where there are some of these parts available that you can 3D print. Yeah, I don't know nice. if they would be strong enough to stand up to running the thing, but uh, this will probably be a shelf of course queen so. when I finish it.
0: Well, you can print in ABS and PETG, so those probably would do to Well, do you can. Good.
1: I can't. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, I might exploit
1: our friendship on that, too, then. Uh, Sure. So now speaking of the servo, so this truck dates back to, maybe it was introduced in 89 or 90,
0: that that era. Really late eighties. Yeah. maybe. So
1: when they put this servo in that thing, it was old then it was an antique at that point. So I don't know the Genesis, but then it's (laughs) not one you would normally put in a racing car. So yeah, that servo is really out of place. And The way this car was designed, the servo was meant to be put in with servo tape, so you wouldn't have holes to mount it. And you can see they kind of created their own aluminum mounts, and they did drill two holes to the bottom and put some button-head screws there. So uh, from what I'm finding out for these classic RC cars, uh, if you have extra holes and things like that, it kind of degrades the value. But (laughs)
0: really, (laughs) what are you going to do?
2: Did you take 50 bucks off when you saw the screws? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, man, no. I was going to buy it, but God, those screws.
0: Yeah, can
1: I see the steering? Oh, yeah, setup? some Ackerman steering. That's – Yeah, uh,
0: so it probably – I don't know if they raced it or not, but because a lot of times what the guys would do is remove all those bell cranks and just have a direct connection to the steering servo as well.
1: Hmm, That was pretty it, common. And maybe on on-road. And the off-road stuff I was running, the 10th-scale off-road setups like this were pretty common.
0: Yeah, I could see that off-road. Yeah, Good
1: Ackerman, and then you'd have a servo saver on here.
0: It's built into the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for off-road, yeah. I think on-road guys would do the direct connection. Yeah, off-road, I think like-
1: because you, on the on-road, you had so little travel, you didn't have to worry about bump steer. Where on this one, you can see you get huge travel. And so oh, if the yeah. pivot point of the steering link was in the middle, you'd get a ton of bump steer. So anyway, so I'm excited about this. It's um, something I'm going to eventually fix up. It came That's with a neat. body too, but the body's pretty gnarly. Um, I did find that there's a company that makes reproduction bodies. So yeah. I mentioned that I wanted it to be a JRX2. I'll probably just make it a JRXT, you know, the truck version, and that'll still be fun to have around. Oh, another interesting thing. It has this battery holder here for four AA's yeah, to yeah, power receiver. the receiver. Yeah. But it also has this Futaba speed control which we didn't use those in racing, but I bet Bashers used them then. Um am pretty sure it has BEC in it, so I'm not sure why they had a speed control yeah. with BEC and and a separate 4-cell, yeah. but, yeah, whatever. I guess the same reason. They pulled it out of the same airplane that they pulled the servo out of. And it's got a, a nice motor um, from that same era, nice bullet connectors. Again, we didn't have those at the racetrack. Um, but anyway, um, to me, it's a nice find, very local, and I'm happy about that and got a good price on it. So I'm looking forward to fixing it up one day. Uh, neat. Yeah. So I also have um, some
0: – what?
1: <laughs> Were you laughing at the sound <laughs> of me dropping it?
0: It sound like you dropped it out of a second-story window. <laughs> it's built for that stuff.
1: Um, but I also have some RC10 parts that I've had since I used to race in that mm. time I've for whatever reason i've been holding on to them and now i think i want to use those parts to build up an rc10 again to to put on the shelf or maybe bash on in the yard but i've mentioned this before several times but there's a community of people out there who restore old rc cars like other people restore full-scale cars and just like with full-scale cars where there's kind of a range of what people are looking for like there's people who rebuild cars that if the factory put orange peel on the paint when they reproduce it they they make sure their paint is orange peeled um (laughs) so you know they'll put in all the factory defects as well so there's people with that level of scrutiny on the rc builds that's not me i just want something that you know is obviously um representative of the that model but i don't care that everything's precisely right But anyway, it's just an interesting thing that you can get online and dive into a very, very deep hole about how these guys are finding parts and restoring Mm -hmm. parts and refurbishing things and the level of detail that some of them go into is, it's impressive in one way and what's a word less than impressive in another? Uh, It's shocking in Mm -hmm. in a different way. But anyway, it's just uh, fun. I went down a a rapid hold yesterday, and the the history of the development of the JRX2. There's some articles about that and how it's related to the development of the RC10 and other stuff in that area. Yeah. So, yeah, I that would be all that is very cool. interesting. Because I remember yeah. it
0: being sort of an RC10 killer, right? When it came out, it was meant to compete. Against yeah, it. I don't know if it was
1: a killer right away, but it was. I think. The novelty of it then, like I mentioned before, was you open the box on the GRX2, and it's race-ready. Right. You know, the right. RC10, you open the box, and then you decide what add-ons you're going to add to it to to
0: make it yeah. competition-ready. Anyway, uh, that reminds me. I have an old sand I need to restore, too, that I picked up at a swap meet.
1: That's it's a Tamiya. Tamiya?
0: Okay. It's a Tamiya. I think it's a sand scorcher. It's a, It looks like a Volkswagen, mm, buggy okay. kind of thing. Right. It's early at least early eighties, if not late seventies Tamiya. Hmm. Uh, but it, they're, they're really interesting because they have, uh, a lot of metal bits in the chassis right. and it has a radio box that's, you can make watertight as well and stuff. So, hmm. uh, it's just, uh, I, I came across one. And I said, "Wow, oh, that's really neat. I never had one. And I always kind of, I remember seeing the videos. I go to the hobby store and they had playing the Tamiya advertisements and they show this thing going on the beach and going through the water and stuff. And I said, oh, it's cool. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah. Uh, but well, does uh, st- have a two-stick radio? Uh it came with a wheel radio. It had okay. one of those um uh wheel with the throttle a on the pistol side. Pistol grip, yeah. Just no, it wasn't even a pistol grip. Oh. it was the one you kind of cradle oh, like a nice. baby to drive. Yeah. yeah. It came with one of those. I don't know if it works or not, but I just thought that was neat that it came with one of those. Yeah.
1: The same guy that was selling this had a box Ooh. of transmitters and this car had a receiver in it that matched one of those transmitters. I didn't really care about that, and so I, I just took the receiver out and let him keep it mm-hmm. so he would have a matching set.
0: The neat thing is the guys that take the old like a pistol grip, say an old Fataba Magnum or something, and stick uh-huh. 2.4 gigahertz stuff on it. And so oh, that's was, a thing? Oh, yeah, that's a thing, yeah. Okay, I've seen Some several... of them have modules that you could use that you can plug in.
1: Right. Yeah, I've
0: seen a few vintage two-channel pistol grips yeah. lately.
1: So... They're yeah.
0: out there. Yeah, they're they're out there. I have one. I have a I think it's a magnet matter of fact, Futaba pistol grip. with well, the real oh, fancy cool. one had all the little pots on it that you can adjust. And the little door yeah. opens up and it's got it's not a computer radio, but it's like the next step below computer radio for that era. Right.
1: Cool. No, one of the things I ran across when I was doing my research was a video that was an interview with Pops Losey, who was Gil Losey Senior, who was the guy who started Team Losey who builds the JRX-2, JRXT. Mm. And he was talking about when they first started their business, they were importing Tamiya cars. This was yeah, before yeah. the RC-10 was a thing. And they yeah. were also importing cars made by Cox, or maybe designed by Cox, Um the same 049 company. And apparently, those cars were initially built by Kyosho. Really? And so they were importing them. So at some point, that was the hot setup for off-road racing. Mm. And then along came the RC-10 and kind of Revolutionized all that, but yeah, I just find the whole thing fascinating. I got into all that stuff in the late '80s, kind of when it was peaking, I think. Yeah, and so I I find the history of that pretty
0: interesting. Yeah, if I remember, Losi was mainly upgrade parts, weren't they? I don't know. In the beginning, I thought they made they made a lot of upgrade parts for RC tens and whatnot, and and they had their own line of speed controllers as well hmm. and stuff. So. Well, I don't want to
1: give away the whole video because there's some drama to it. But basically, the son of the guy who started Lucy was a key player in designing the RC-10. And as part of that, they worked out a deal for rights to sell the RC-10. They were supposed to get some priority in that. And then when that went south, that was the catalyst for them to to kick a team associated to the curb and design their own. So anyway, I'll find that video and I'll put a link up there. So anybody yeah, watching it, it, yeah, I think it's maybe 15 minutes long or something, yeah. but to me, it's just really interesting.
0: It, yeah. I was just reminding I used to in that era, when I used to work at a hobby shop. I used to build a lot of RC cars for folks and most of them were Tamiya stuff. And then uh, I remember the first time I built an RC 10, I was a little disappointed on how it was kind of crude in some ways. Compared to the Tamiyas and the way it fit together, even though it was a you know an excellent racing car, it didn't come like that out of the box. It took some tweaking, mm. <laughs> and it was the, the fit of the parts weren't quite as um, uh, finessed as uh, the Tamiya stuff, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, that what you were talking about uh, building cars for our RC hobby shop that never made sense to me. For for me at least, one of the biggest draws of having an RC car was to tinker with it, figure out how it works, fix it, fix it up, break it, fix it again. So I never un- understood the people who took it somewhere else to get fixed or built.
0: Yeah, and even we would encourage people to build their cars. They say, "I want to saw a car." I'd say, "Okay, it's a kit. You know, you should build it so you know how to fix it." And yeah. inevitably, we get some people like. Our- that a lot of times it's just adults. They said, nah, I don't have the time for this. I don't want to, I don't want to build it. You build it. No, let me just run it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you insist, yeah, that'll be $50, yeah. please. <laughs> right.
1: yeah, I understand there's, you know, all sorts of people with all sorts of different skills and wants, yeah. but yeah, I, that part just never commuted. I, I
0: agree with you totally. I, I had the same philosophy. It's like, I, you know, I'm going to, I, I want to build it, but uh, that's how Traxxas got real big, making ready to run cars, right? Yep. So there was a market for it,
1: and just like Arf airplanes. Uh, and Arf right.
0: airplanes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we all enjoy those. How many kits do you see? Hardly any, and by only small suppliers now. Yeah. Uh, although yeah. you see the um, SeaGull models is starting to produce kits. Did you see that? No. They're advertising on their website. Uh They have a T twenty eight, I think, and a T six. Is it or something like that, that? They're advertising. I Can't remember the size, but not terribly big but they're they're making kits that you buy a box of wood with make airplane instructions oh. and Man. I don't know how how much they're going to do and how well they're doing but well, I thought that was pretty neat cuz they have all the stuff they have all the laser cutters and the wood and everything else yeah and, and I think I I told you I had mentioned it to them when I was over there I said hey you guys think about making kits you got all this stuff and uh I got kind of a non answer answer but <laughs> 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 but anyways <laughs>
1: Well, there's your answer now.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe either either they were already considering it or maybe I put a bug in your ear. I don't know which, which way it was.
1: All right. So, so, yeah. All right, so those are all my new toys. Come back cool. again next time. I might have a few more new ones for you.
0: All right. But I'm on the trail of something else local. We'll see. If you no, can you should do. You I should hotwire some foam wheels, foam tires for your RC card, just for oh. giggles.
1: What ca- you mean, like soft foam, like stuff?
0: <laughs> whatever?
1: Huh. I wonder what the source material would be for that.
0: <laughs> memory foam, memory foam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: the car sits there too long because you, know, you got flat
0: spots. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. All right, so what's next, boys? I don't think we got anything else. You got anything, Lee? Uh,
2: I got a couple little things I'll touch on. You're part of one of them, Terry. I mean, fits actually, both of you guys. Oh. I, I texted both of you. I forgot. <laughs> um, first, can all you tell us apart? No, I was like, I, I forgot. I texted it. both of you guys. I thought, I oh, never mind. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. But first, I want to remind everybody that uh, I use uh, an online estate sales auctions a site called High Bid, yeah. and every now and then we've all found some good stuff. Terry's been kind enough to go pick up a lot for me, and. Uh, Fitz and I have jumped on some stuff. Fitz still has to get his radial and his bear cat. So everybody <laughs> pick on Fitz to make sure he gets that done.
0: Yeah. I need to but I up.
2: did pick up a, I guess, the you know, it was at a state sale. Some guy had some planes and electronic doohickeys, and he had a couple of containers of electric parts. And I mentioned to Terry, I saw this container that had Dean's connectors. I was like, you know, I could use some Dean's connectors and, and short mail connectors, and no one had bid on it. So the the minimum bid was five bucks. It's like I'll I'll put a five dollar bid if I win. Great, I win. You know, it's all like all right. right. Shipping fourteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the connectors, and I just you know, I, you only get certain pictures taken by people who are not photographers who don't know to like get a top angle and look through everything. Long story short, only female de- deans. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I need the male deans. I got tons of females, so it's all female deans. However, the other box that came with it had some electric parts, like switches and stuff, but it also had FR Sky receivers. Oh, so there are two 8-channel uh, FR Sky receivers, which I'm pretty sure will work with my Boxer, Radio Master Radio. Oh, cool. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, they're like $25, $30 a piece, so that's not bad, and I'll, I'll give them a try. There's some other little doohickeys in there, but you know, you can find stuff out there, just like Terry finds his marketplace cars and and stuff, which I they find cannot, me. I can't find those deals at all. I don't, you're just magical, Terry. Mm. You've got the I
1: wonder if Houston's just tapped out or there's too many buyers Maybe. out there.
2: Now, I mean, I will say there was that time it was, it wasn't a sale per se. It was more of, I don't remember even how I found that, but this is the one that we went to in Beaumont.
1: I think, oh, right. Where oh I yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, so I, I think what I did is I saw her posting photos of some planes And I got some more information. So it fits with me. It was a great deal. That's where I got my P47, which is tied to my next conversation. Uh, So you can find them out there, guys. I'm just kind of tacking on to Terry's. Go look at Facebook Marketplace, High Bid, Craigslist is still valid. Um, You know, find those deals. Let us know what you find. I'd like to see some of those neat things. But anyway, I got some connectors, you know, yeah, yeah, 20 bucks. That wasn't too bad. But the tied relation...
1: Wait, someone has a question.
2: Uh, so, you, sir, in the background.
1: On your female Deans, were they already soldered or were they new? No, soldered. Okay, so probably like my collection of female Deans, every time I retire a battery, I just snip off the leads and they have a female Deans on them.
2: Yeah, so and some of them were ones. knockoffs, so I'll throw those away. I'm not a big fan of using the knockoffs because yeah. of pretty much everything else I have is original. Uh, But, I mean, it wasn't a bad deal. Hey, plus I got containers. Nice containers. There you go. Uh, So I have a Seagull P-47 that I got at an estate sale off of Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) And it was a gas version before. Did not look like it had many flights on it before. If the guy had it, he basically had like two flights. And then he took his engine off. So uh, I've made it electric. Flew it at best. Had a great time. But it's missing a dummy radial so it's just vacant it didn't come with one so uh, i do have another kit where i could try to vacuum copy mold the the other one i have but (laughs) i'm gonna show you the bad one first but i i saw some guy on rc groups on the thread for the seagull p47 who 3d printed a dummy radial now this is the Hangar 9 radial it's really kind of cool um and it's supposed to fit. So I was like, I'll grab it. <laughs> and uh, talking with Fitz, I don't know if y'all can see this, but let me pull up my screen so, so y'all can.
1: So he provided the STL file? You know,
2: it was already out there on Thingiverse, but this did not print very well in PETG. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had uh, talked to Fitz about it. I was like, I can't get this. Right. I even talked to my son, Austin. And it just, uh, I just couldn't get the settings right. So good news is, I said, you know, I'm flying electric. I don't need PETG, although they, they recommend it. I just went back to PLA Plus and oh. got a pretty nice radio out of it. Yeah, So I'm, I'm much much happier with this. It's got some areas that probably needed support, but I'm not worried about it. They're the, uh, I guess, what do you call them, the valve line covers that need to be added. Hmm. The- right. So oh, I'll add yeah, those, but yeah. spray paint this black, glue it hot glue it into the, into the canopy, the cowl, I'm good to go.
1: So how long did that take print? Uh
2: thirteen hours. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Is it it's solid? A, it's almost solid. It's a twenty five percent infill. Oh, okay. It's pretty pretty massive. But I will say uh, if you guys haven't done three D printing yet, time to give it a try. I mean yeah. they they're down to Sub 200 now for not too bad a printer, although I spent a lot more for Austin's, but he gets some amazing prints. And Fitz, the question for you is, uh, Austin mentioned that Inland, the brand that's available at Micro Center, sells uh, PETG PETG Plus. Have you heard of that?
0: Not the Plus, but I'm not surprised. Last time I was at Micro Center, there was a whole bunch of new types of Filaments I had never seen before. So uh yeah. Um it's probably I guess a more durable P T G or
2: something. I it just I from what I'm reading, it's like if you if if you're happy with PLA plus, why don't you move up <laughs> to the next best, which is PETG? So I will give it a try and try to work on the retraction settings because that seems to be my issue. It does print a lot hotter. So
0: Yeah. I like thirty, a bed.
2: forty degrees higher. Yeah. But uh, hmm. we'll, we'll give it a try. So I'm I'm enjoying that. I think it's great for parts. And in fact, the other part I will be making for the Seagull P47 is that it's the stock set up for the battery holder is just Velcro and straps. And being that you have to get your hand way underneath the the front end to get in there, it's just it's a it's a mess. So I am going to try to replicate my Morgan Mills tray that's in my CZ Cub and do that on the 3D printer. And then make a mm-hmm. battery
1: tray for the seagull. All right, cool. So you have to design that yourself.
2: I do. I did. I did a basic tray, but it worked fine for the three three seven I made. Mm-hmm. The Cessna three three seven. Okay, and it was just a one position tray, so it locked in place. And then I had a little turn lever, I guess, that held the tray in place. Again, worked fine. So I think I'll do something similar for the. Seagull, but I do want to offer a couple of m- moves. Like the, the Morgan tray offers like 10 or 12. I think I'll just give myself four positions to shift a battery around.
1: All right. Well, cool. Good luck with all that.
2: And that's pretty much all I have. The other other thing I was going to share with you guys this, just came out in Academy of Modeler Nanox, but we have announced the new NATS schedule and our new logo. Red, white, and blue logo Yeah. Centennial era And thank you again To Dubros for sponsoring Or Diamond, I think they call it Diamond sponsor So if you go to Nats.modelaircraft.org And you can go check out The new 2024 outdoor Nats They're still working on the indoor location That's TBD But I had a great time Going to Nats with Austin For soaring (laughs) <laughs> and just watching because participating oh. really wasn't <laughs> I wasn't even close to winning anything, but I did have a blast with my son, and so yeah, uh, you know, there's a good chance if we have it available in our time schedule that we'll go back and hopefully pick up some
1: worthy models to compete with hey, Hold on You were scrambling to finish a model before Nats. You now have lots of time to finish that model I do.
2: I will still compete with it. So yes, if I go, I will. I will take the uh, Malibu with me. Malibu. Um, okay. So yes, I can do that.
1: But obviously, any, uh, have you done any more to it since then?
2: Uh, no, I haven't. But I, I mentioned in the show, which which I'm kind of glad is now that I didn't rush anything, I will go and add spoilers to it, okay. because because the contest really requires spot landing. I will go ahead and do that. Now I'm pretty sure the Malibu will qualify for a nostalgia class. So okay. that's probably the only thing I'll enter it for. Versus so, two meter.
1: Do those you were telling me before how the nostalgia class works of it has to be designed by certain date. Nineteen eighty. Does that 1st, date change? Like next year will it be eighty-one? Like, oh, I don't know.
2: I didn't ask that. So could be. I'll, that's okay. a great question. I will put it to the test. All
0: right. Cool. All right. Are we done? Nope. One more thing you guys forgot. Almost, I almost forgot. Well, we just one more. Uh, speaking of competitions, uh, I was, uh, happened to come across a pylon racing event this past weekend. Nice. So I have a quick video.
2: <laughs> By accident.
0: By accident. Yes. <laughs> I came out to the, uh, is it the, uh, Bayou City Flyers, Gobi Field? And it's like, this doesn't look right. Why are there cars? Why are there people tents on their, in the field? <laughs> uh, and they were doing a pilot race. So I had my video camera with me. So I put together a quick video. It's only a couple of minutes long and I will show you now because I had a chance to talk with somebody about it and he gave me a nice quick rundown of what they're doing. So let me take control of the screen. That sound is up. Let's see if it rays. All right, here we go. All right, I'm here with Randy Rich. Yes, right. Uh, got it. Right. I'm terrible at names. Sorry about that. Uh, owner and proprietor of Randy's Hobbies. That's right, in North Houston. Yeah. And uh, Rich's Brew Fuel. And Rich's Brew Fuel. Can't forget that. That's right. And uh, you've been uh, in. Uh, in houston for quite a while haven't you yeah we've been uh we're probably
3: the longest running hobby shop in houston uh definitely over 30 years wow i had no idea
0: that's before i even moved here so right That's why the the silly question. Well, fantastic. I've been to the shop quite a few times. It's a a wonderful place. Uh, You occasionally have a a swap meet in the parking lot as well. Absolutely. We're
3: probably going to have another one, hopefully, in December.
0: Oh, fantastic. I'll try to be there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Love Uh, to have you. It's a
0: neat hobby. Lots of good goodies in there. I like walking through there and seeing what you have hidden in the the corners and stuff. But anyways, I'm here at a pylon race. Do you know the official name of this event? Uh, This is the Texas Pylon Classic. Okay, great. Uh, I happen to be here by accident, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic because I have not seen a pylon race in decades, and right. I had no idea it was even still kind of a thing. Yep. and I'm really glad to to see it and for you to t- uh, talk to us about it. Tell us uh, for somebody who's not really familiar with this event, give us a yeah, the, elevator
3: pitch. Uh, the pylon racing is still very uh, active, you know, throughout the United States. We just uh, haven't had a race in Texas consistently. We had one down here last year at Brazoria County Modelers. And this year we moved it up here to a little better facility. And, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, come back next year and do another one. Uh, like I said, it's uh, still very popular throughout the United States. Uh, we had, uh, yesterday we had about 40 entries. Uh, today we got about 30. Uh, yesterday we flew two uh, Quickie 500 classes, which was a, basically a beginner class. And then basically the expert class. And then today th- this is a pretty much all professional uh you know, sponsored uh, pilots out
0: here today. Oh, wow. And I'm looking around at some really, really impressive machines. Uh, tell us about the, this particular aircraft that you have here. This is a uh, Apollo
3: Strega. It comes from uh, Italy. And uh, it's all composite. Uh, the way you see it comes out of the mold. So it's painted in the mold um, just like a comes out just really just with all this just like you see it wow, yes sir. impressive you can give him a scheme if you want he'll design it you know for you if you don't have your own scheme own custom scheme yeah. absolutely and uh, this one right here this is kind of my colors i like the red and the black and stuff like that and uh he had this one done and so i bought it from him and um, so yeah uh, that's what they look like and you, like i said you can do your own custom scheme as well and the engines you're using that's a jet 40 you know they're made right here in houston uh, i'm a sponsored pilot of his um, that's, that's the hot setup right there.
0: And what kind of fuel? I, you said you make fuel. What is the, the mix? We're, we're
3: running a, a special blended fuel that we manufacture for all of the races throughout the United States, and we call it a 15-NMPRA blend, and NMPRA is National Miniature Pylon Racing Association. Okay, so they specify the particulars of the fuel. You have to run 15% nitro. We're running an 18% percent oil castor synthetic blend.
0: Wow. Well, I can hear them spooling up, so I'll wrap this up. Uh, what kind of RPMs are these guys turning? Really uh, we're turning,
3: at. you know, twenty three to 25,000 on the ground, and they're going over 30,000 in the
0: air. And you're getting speeds of how much? These, uh, are,
3: these are flat out. A good one's going to run 200 miles
0: an hour. Wow. Not in a dive, but on the course. Straight and level. Absolutely. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Yep. Got to be quick on the thumbs. Yep. Well, Rich, thank you very much for the information. You and uh, good luck to you out there. In thank track.
3: you. And, uh, good to see you. Yeah, You too.
0: Okay. Uh It's absolutely amazing to see these in the flesh. They're just screaming and turning on a dime, practically. It's like instant reversal. You got, like you said, 200 miles an hour. When I got there, they were running that, I guess, considered unlimited a, a class-like. So mm-hmm. these are really, really uh, high-speed, all-composite, thin-winged aircraft that were based off of Reno-style racers. And uh, really, really nicely built machines. And You can hear them. They just scream. And that's, that's like ducted fan speed. So he was talking about 30,000 RPM, something like that. That's just amazing. Yeah.
1: I wonder how many G's they're pulling in those corners.
0: I would be surprised make I meters. Yeah, I guess country. I do. I've got one. That's a, yeah. a good question. I mean, yeah. I'd be curious how many G's are pulling. Props are what, like oh. five
2: by 15?
0: They were small. Yeah. For 40 size <laughs> <laughs> props. They were probably like seven inch props or something. It was. <laughs> And uh I guess they were doing both days. The day before on Saturday, I guess they were doing the Quickie he said the Quickie five hundred, which is uh they're they're the more Hershey bar uh basic aircraft. Uh, but still actually. fast. They're still fast. But the Quickie five hundreds actually make nice sport planes. I remember having one some years ago that I converted to electric and it was a nice flying model, it was just kinda of cool to fly around without racing it. Yeah. Uh, but um uh I asked him if they did half A and he said nope. They don't do half A anymore because that's no longer a thing. Uh, on their I don't know if it's on the website or somewhere, they they mentioned about electric, but I did not see any there today. That that day, I'm sorry, any electric racers. So
1: Okay.
0: But uh, it was neat to see that. They had a good turnout. Quite a few people there racing and uh they were pretty very active. Electronics counting uh timer systems and stuff, so they're very well organized. And um one thing I noticed Last time I saw pylon racers, they had people in cages near right. the poles. And I asked them about that. They said, no, they don't do that anymore. The judges and, and watchers are f- much further away now. And I saw like people off, way off to the side under a tree and, and under a tent and stuff, far, far away from the action. So right. there's uh, less danger.
1: So if somebody were to cut a pylon, those are the people looking to see?
0: Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. They'll, they'll see if you cut a pylon and, uh, and, Get penalized for such things, or if you go out of bounds or whatever.
1: Right. Do the pilots have collars?
0: Um, I don't know. I, don't
1: I think thought so. that's how it worked. I could be wrong. I th- I thought-
0: maybe, maybe they do. I, you know, I forgot to look. They were I couldn't get too close to them, so they may have had them, but I, I just wasn't close enough to really notice. But there were there were people helping them launch them, so maybe they did double duty as launchers and collars.
1: Yeah, I'm sure somebody listening is active in pylon racing. So, Edy tell us how that yeah.
0: works. Yeah, and it was good to hear that it's still a thing because it's it's very exciting. If you ever had a chance to see one, you got it. It's something you got to put on your bucket list to watch a RC model pylon race because it's my description doesn't do it justice. Of being in there and seeing three or four planes all grouped kind of tightly going around 200 miles an hour, turning on a dime, sometimes hitting each other. Right.
1: Same thing for control line pylon racing. I guess it's not pylon, but control line
0: racing. Speed. I think it's speed. Yeah. Yeah. Speed and, and combat. combat. Yeah. Combat is far more entertaining than you would think it would be for, for a control light. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: all right, cool. Thanks for reporting.
0: No problem. All right, I think now. that's it for me. I'm yeah, done. Okay.
1: yeah. Okay. So
0: do what you do. All right, folks. I think that wraps us up. We're going to speed ourselves out of here. Thank you again for joining us on the Rossi round table. Please uh like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast, please go over to wherever you listen to it and give us a nice review or click some stars or something to help the algorithm so other people know that we're here. And, of course, by all means, send us a note if you so desire answer any of our questions, any corrections, especially corrections. Send those to Terry at contact at rcl.com. Uh In fact, Terry's had, had a good conversation with somebody about uh, your... Uh, plane you're working on, so
1: oh, about my Eindecker,
0: yeah, 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 nice back and forth with one of our listeners on some uh, technical details. But so, by all means, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know we're not talking into the void. Uh, so anyway, and you know, it, it's just as helpful to us as it might be to you. So, uh on that note, guys, got any last comments, statements? No, nope. hey. better, Lee?
2: Happy Halloween. Oh, it's still yeah, there. you look oh. better. <laughs> oh, thanks. And if it makes you happy, I feel better. (laughs) As soon as I click the button, end recording, I'm just going to tip over in my chair. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. All
0: right. And we're under two hours. And we're under two hours. So everybody have a happy pagan holiday and don't eat too much candy. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com. That's where you will find all of our podcast episodes. You can also find a little bit of background information about the show host and leave comments and suggestions about the show. There are links to a few of our favorite vendors and also links to our various social media accounts. Thank you for watching and listening.